0: The first few Mishnays of this Perek, this chapter, continue the subject matter of the last part of the previous Perek, namely the ezaiv, the dipping of the hyssop into the mechatos, and using that to sprinkle the water mixed with the ashes onto the person or item that is being purified with the mechatos. Sometimes the Mechatos would be contained within a narrow container which was more narrow than the Azev that was being used, and therefore you could run into a problem that Azov hakotzar, if the hyssop is relatively short, that you're not able to reach the bottom of the container to dip the Azo into the Mechatos. The solution of the Mishnah is Mesapkachut of a kush. You can lengthen it using a string or a thread, together with a kush, a spindle, which looks like a very large needle, and it's used to spin thread. Usually, the thread before it is spun is wrapped around it, but in this case, it can be used to lengthen the ezov so that the ezov will reach the bottom of the container. And the toivel he should dip the ezov using that spindle with the th- with the thread which is tied to it. He should dip that into the container of mechatos, umale and then bring it up out of the container. And when he comes to perform the actual sprinkling, then the umaze, he must hold on to the actual eizoiv directly and sprinkle it like that. However, Rabbi Yehud of Rabbi Shimon Rabbi Yehud and Rabbi Shimon say that kashem bo bo'ezoiv kach tevila bo'ezoiv. In the same way as the actual sprinkling of the mechatos needs to be done whilst holding directly onto the ezaiv, so too the dipping of the ezaiv into the mechatos needs to be done whilst holding directly onto the ezaiv. And this argument is based on how they learn the psukim, and to what extent using the method of the string and extending it with the giant nail is considered to be direct or indirect. Mishnah Beis. The concept of Chazakah is a general concept that states that if the halachic status of something has possibly changed, possibly not changed, out of doubt we retain the Chazakah that it has had until now and assume that it has not changed. And for example, if somebody is tome, he's impure and he needs to be purified, and there is a doubt as to whether the purification process was done properly or not, Out of doubt, he would still be Tomei because that is his status that he has had until now. And based on that, the Mishnah says, If he sprinkled the mechatos onto somebody or onto an item, and there is a doubt whether the mechatos that landed on the item that is being purified is part of the mechatos that came from the string or from the giant nail or from the stalk of the Ezov. Only if it came from the stalk itself would the sprinkling be valid. And since there is a doubt over here as to whether that is true or not, the sprinkling would be invalid and the person or the item would remain impure until he is sprinkled properly with the mechatos. Likewise, if he sprinkled the mechatos onto two different items and certainly it landed directly onto one item. But with regards to the other item, we're not sure whether it was direct or indirect. Sofik al Hizar, there is doubt whether he sprinkled both of the items directly. The mechatos reached each of the items directly from the Ezov itself. Sofiq Mechavir or possibly water splashed from the first item onto the next one. With regards to that second item that we are unsure about, Hazayose Pasula, the sprinkling would be invalid. Once again, this is based on the principle of Chazaka that states that the item remains like it has been until now, out of doubt. Mahat If there is a metal needle that is placed on a broken piece of earthenware, the broken piece of earthenware is not tome at all, but it can't be Tomei because it is not considered to be a useful utensil. However, the metal needle is tome, and the oleha, a person sprinkled pora, the, the mechatos, onto the needle. Sovik ala machat, hiza, sofik But there is a doubt whether the water, the drops of mechatos, arrived directly onto the needle from the Aziv or it first landed on the piece of earthenware and then splashed onto the metal needle, Even though it's true that the earthenware piece is not something that can be tome at all. So it's not as if the mechatos become tome, nevertheless, since at the end of the day it didn't arrive directly onto the metal needle, Hazayase Pasula, its sprinkling is invalid. Continues with the Mishnah. A jug or container of mechatos, which has a very narrow opening. He can dip the azov into it and lift it up out of the container in, his, in the regular way. You don't need to be concerned that as you remove the azov from this narrow container, most of the water was squeezed out of the Azov because you applied pressure essentially against the walls of the container. According to the first opinion of the Mishnah, even though it is true that quite a lot of the Mechatos does come off as you are taking it out of that narrow jug. Nevertheless, there is still a sufficient enough amount of water that is still on the tip of the Ezoiv, and therefore you can sprinkle multiple items or people with that mechatos, which is on the Ezoiv, from your however, Yehuda says... Hazar Shainah, only the first sprinkling would be valid. Rabbi Huda is concerned that the amount of water that is on the Ezaev is not sufficient for us to be sure that after the first sprinkling has been done, there is still enough water that lands on the items after that. And therefore, out of concern, Rabbi Huda says that it would need to be redipped into the container before sprinkling the next item along. If there is mechatos, there is a container of mechatos, and the amount of solution that is there has been reduced, and there's not a lot of it left in the container. Even if it's very shallow, the amount of water that remains in the container, (laughs) he can dip even just the tips of the azoive stems, and that which is collected by the stems when he dips it in, umaze, he can use to sprinkle onto items or people to purify them. Uvaj, le sapeg, as long as he doesn't need to squeeze it onto the bottom of the container in order to get some of the water onto the ezaev, because the Torah specifically says that he needs to dip it into the water. But as long as there's enough water that he's able to just dip it in and the water would go onto the eizayu's stem, he can use that water to sprinkle other items and people to purify them. The next part of the mission discusses an additional requirement that is learnt from Pesukim, that the person who is sprinkling the mechatos onto an item... And again, whenever we say an item, a person is included, whatever the item that is being purified happens to be, he needs to have the intention that the mechatos land on the item that he is purifying. And because of that, Niscavanhaz the fono, if he intended to sprinkle the water onto items that were in front of him, the his acharov but the sprinkling ended up landing on an item that was behind him, la or if he intended to sprinkle the mechatos onto an item that is. Behind behind him, the Hizal Lofonov, but the sprinkling ended up landing on an item that is in front of him. His sprinkling would be invalid. Lofonov, what happens if he intended to sprinkle the Mechatos on an item that was directly in front of him? the But he ended up sprinkling it on items that were towards the side, that were still in front of him but they were towards the side. In this case, Hazor Kashira, his sprinkling is valid because at the end of the day, his intention was to sprinkle it in front of him. And we understand that any item that is in front of his body, even if it's not literally directly in front of him, that's included in his general intention for purifying these items now. Right, the Mishnah adds that although the person who is doing the sprinkling must have all of these intentions in mind, the person who is being purified does not have to have that intention. Just like an item, an object that is being purified, obviously doesn't have the intention and yet it is still purified, so too, you can sprinkle the Mechathas onto a person, whether he realizes it or not, even if he's asleep at the time and he will still be purified. Ends off the Mishnah, one can sprinkle the mechatos onto a person and other items, even up to a hundred of them or more, even if it's only one act of sprinkling, as long as the water, the mechatos, does land directly onto all of the items, even if it was all done in one motion, that is valid and all of the items would be purified. Mishnah Gimel. This Mishnah extends the requirement that was mentioned in the previous Mishnah, that the one who is sprinkling the mechatos must have the intention to sprinkle it on that item. This Mishnah shows that in addition to that, the act of dipping the eizov into the mechatos before sprinkling it onto the items, that also must be done with the intention that he's going to use that water to purify items. He doesn't need to have the intention to purify those specific items, but he does need to do it with the intention of using the water to purify items that need to be purified. Miskavan tuma if he had the intention whilst he was dipping the eiziv into the mechatas that he would use the mechatos that is going to be on the aziv to sprinkle it onto an item that can become Tomei. And then, the al-Dawr She'enamakabal Tumar, he ended up sprinkling the water onto an item that can't even become Tomei. So, certainly nothing occurred right now, the question is whether the remaining water that is on the Ezoiv can still be used. The Mishnah says if there is still mechatos that remains on the eizov, he does not need to repeat the dipping of the eizov into the mechatos. Rather, he is able to use the water that remains on the eizov to sprinkle it onto items that do need sprinkling. Since at the end of the day, the water that remains there is from a correct dipping that was done properly, that Mechatos can be used to purify further items. On the other hand, Aldovish tumah. if he dipped the Azoiv into the water with the intention that he would use that water to sprinkle it onto an item that can't even become Tome, that is not a good intention. And therefore, even if he ended up using the water straight away, the Hisa Aldovish tumah to sprinkle it onto an item that can become Tome, and that was indeed Tomeh, needs purifying, that sprinkling is invalid, and of course, even if there is water that remains on the Ezaiv Yishneh, he needs to re-dip the Ezaiv into the Mechatos before sprinkling it again onto the item in order to purify it. The Mishnah now illustrates these two different cases with an example, al haadam, if he dipped the Ezoiv with the intention of sprinkling the mechatos onto a person. A person can become tomei if he has contact with a dead body. So that is a good intention. And then, hiza al-Habahimah, he ended up sprinkling the mechatas onto an alive animal. An alive animal cannot become Tomei. If there is still water left on the ezaiv, he doesn't need to re-dip it into the water. Rather, he can use that same mechatos to sprinkling onto the person, and he would be purified. On the other hand, if he dipped the ezaiv into the mechatos al-Habahimah with the intention of sprinkling it onto an animal, that is not a good intention, because an animal can't become Tomei. So for his Adam, if he then sprinkles it onto a person that is not valid, and if there is still water left on the Ezoiv, it doesn't help. And Yishneh, he would need to re-dip the azov into the Mechatos before sprinkling it onto a person or item that he wants to purify. What happens if somebody dips the Ezoiv with the wrong intention, and then that water drips from the Ezoiv into a different utensil? And we're talking about a utensil that is fully pure, even in terms of the laws of Para Aduma. The Mishnah says am not from Kasherim, water that dripped off of the Eiziv is still valid, even if it came from an incorrect dipping. That doesn't invalidate the water; it just means that that water can't yet be used for sprinkling because we're waiting for a proper dipping to be to be performed. And therefore, the water which is there could still be used. He can now dip the azov into the water that dripped there with the correct intention, and he would be able to use that to purify other items or people. And lefichach, therefore, heimatamim l'shem mechatos, the water would make people tome just like regular mechatos. Anybody who touches it or moves it without, not not for the sake of being purified would actually become tome, just like whenever somebody moves or touches mechatos. Mr. Dallet, this mission is going to record that there existed a practice that when lots of people were impure and needed to be sprinkled with the Para Duma ashes, the Mechatas, there were public areas where there would be lots of people there who would be sprinkled at the same time. They would pass underneath a window and somebody who is higher up would pour and sprinkle Por ashes downwards to the people who are there. Hamaze la The talks about somebody who is sprinkled from a window of the public. That's what we just described. And then he entered into the Bes because he thought that he had been purified. But after that, v'enimtz haMayim psulim, it emerged that actually the water that was used was invalid. So he wasn't really purified, and that means that mistakenly he entered into the Beis Dosh whilst he was impure, with an impurity that came from a dead body, that's what we're discussing, only that type of impurity requires purification from the Mechatos. And in general, this is a sin that, if done unintentionally, requires one to bring a Korban chatos in order to atone for his sin. However, in this case, the mission says that pottery is exempt. And the reason for this is because a person who commits an Avera by mistake, he is obligated to bring a Corban chatos. But over here, it's not just considered to be a mistake, shuigeig, but it's considered to be oines. Oines means that it's totally out of his control. There's nothing that he could have done over here to avoid the mistake. He certainly has the right to safely assume that the Mechatos that is being used publicly to purify all of these people is valid and therefore he did nothing whatsoever that was wrong, and therefore he is exempt. However, if he was sprinkled from a private window, that means that it wasn't done publicly for lots of people at the same time, and then he entered into the base Mikdash, after which it emerged that the water was actually invalid, it wasn't proper. In this case, he would be liable to bring Karim and for having mistakenly entered into the base amikdash whilst in a state of impurity because he could have checked further and ascertained that it was valid mechatos, it's not considered to be totally out of his control. He has less reason in this case to just assume that it is valid para ad-dumar water adds the Mishnah or however a Koengodel who entered into the Beit HaMikdosh by mistake, even in either of these cases, whether it was after he was purified from a private window or a public window, Pottery he would be exempt, <laughs> because the truth is, a Kohen Godol is never liable to bring a korban for this sin of entering the Beis Hamikdash in a state of impurity. This is one of the few sins that a Kohen Godol is exempt. It's learned from Pesukim that he is exempt from bringing a korban in a case when he violates the sin by mistake. The mission ends off by recording that there was often lots of water underneath these public windows, because so many people came to be sprinkled with water, and so much so that people would slip in the area in front of the public window. And they would do so purposefully. They wouldn't even withhold themselves from treading in that area. And even though, in general, one who touches Mechatos, not for the sake of being purified, becomes Tomei, in this case, it's different from Meisha Omru because the Chachom said, Mechatos Not once the Mechatos has been used for their mitzvah to purify people, then in they already do not make people impure. Only until that point in which they are actually sprinkled onto people or items to purify them.